Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you. Next! <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> It ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? What are you saying? This is Thank You Next, a safe space to own your L's. This podcast is all about turning your relationship L's into wins. And by L's, we mean losses for all those people who don't know what an L is. People keep messaging me and saying, "Uh, so what is an L? Google it fam. If you don't know, I'm Raj. I'm Hardy. We are two sexy, are we sexy? Creatives who for some reason have taken a lot of L's. I've, for some reason completely beyond me. I have no, absolutely no clue. Um, we have managed to turn them into lessons. But why Hardy? But why? I don't know. But anyway, we're sharing them all with you right here, right now on the podcast. And you know, when we say relationships, we don't just mean the romantic ones. We're also talking about all those other relationships that shape our lives, including friendships, family, work politics, you know, like that toxic manager who was cock blocking you from success. This is your story here, isn't it? That story will come out on this podcast very soon. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that one. Coming soon. So we'll be figuring out what the lesson and win from that experience was and saying thank you next to it in a positive way. So we're not just being served the same lessons over and over again. I love that. The heartache, the trauma wasn't enough for the first time round. You get served it a couple more times until you learn the lesson. So we want to know what you want to say thank you next to as well. Email us at hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com and follow us on socials for extra extra content at thank you next pod we're on tiktok instagram and twitter so there's literally no excuse to say you couldn't find us because you can and facebook and youtube fuck you now we're everywhere good luck finding us on youtube because we have trouble finding ourselves on youtube no we don't we are well known we're influencers why are all influencers from essex why are they all huns how do you get to be a hun what makes you a hun you have to like take certain sort of pictures on instagram Pose in a certain way, dress in a certain way, yeah, talk in a certain way. Nah, I'm good. Actually, before we get into the podcast, we have some big updates. Oh. We've got a lot of updates, man. Shit. Okay, give it to me. I don't even know where to start. All right. So, on episode one, me and Raj were talking about closure, right? And I was saying, I was all out here like, you don't need closure. Do it on your own, blah, blah, blah. And life came and served me a big lesson that week the most recent individual who hadn't given me any closure just happened to turn up in life in my life in my face a few days after the recording and all the hurt and pain came back it was like some sort of sick joke really like I'm not gonna lie man I was crying 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 to my friend on the phone the next day yeah snot dripping down my face like 
Honestly, it was all down my hands. I was so sad. Why? It's just, like a remi- it's just a reminder, like out of absolutely nowhere. I'd gone from saying to you on the podcast, oh, you don't need closure, to then feeling upset again that I hadn't had any. And then out of the blue, I'd never thought I would hear these words from this individual. The person actually like apologized for what they did and how things ended and gave me some closure. What was the closure? They were just like, oh, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. And I realized what I did was wrong and just like acknowledged their part they had to play. I feel like nothing can beat the work that I've done on my own, but it was just nice for that person to like actually acknowledge and realize that when you don't give closure to someone or you you purposely avoid a situation because it makes it easier for you, um, actually you're hurting that person on the other side. Okay, you, you're creating a situation where it's convenient for yourself, but at the same time, like my mind was like, oh, did you sleep with my friend? Like, did you do this? Like, oh, was it, was it this? Was it that? Like my mind was like racing to all these things, like, you know, what happened? And you just like getting the balls to be like, actually, this is what happened and confronting the situation. Like, thank you. Cause now my mind is not thinking all these ridiculous things. There's a ridiculous thing that I came across. Yeah. Go on. That I need to just like find out about. I don't know. It's like for anyone who follows us on Instagram <laughs> on thank you next pod, they'll know me and Hardeep have a shared document and she always writes notes in this one part of the document. And I was like, just going through stuff one night. And there was a note in there that says Raj's dad is fit. I don't, I think you wrote that. I was not even using that document until last night. I think I remember potentially, potentially maybe writing it, but I don't know why. So what am I supposed to do? Where are we at with this situation? Shall I call him? Like, Why don't, why don't you help me up? <laughs> Shut up, man. My mum will fuck you up, bruv. Like, she will fuck you up hard. Can you bring your dad on the podcast? Yeah, I can. What, when? <laughs> Not now. Now? He's waiting for me to, like, go to Tesco, but, like, I'll have to go to Tesco after this. Oh. What's your dad's name? Sat. Sat, yeah. <laughs> You're a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't own diffusers. He doesn't own plants. He doesn't know how to keep plants alive. No, he probably knows how to keep plants alive. He doesn't own diffusers, though, or candles or anything you like. He doesn't look like a rude boy. I don't like rude boys. I don't know where you got this idea from. You fucking love rude boys. You like white guys that look like they see rude boys. <laughs> Straight up. Facts are spoken today. Obviously, yeah, your dad's sight is fit. Okay, cool. Shut the fuck up. And, 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 you guys have got a rabbit. And I saw your dad handling that rabbit one day. And oh, I just got to say, this really did it for me. Rabbit's my favorite animal. And sex toy. cool cool story (laughs) bruh right anyway since we're talking about diffusers in episode was it our trailer it was in our trailer wasn't it Mm -hmm. i was talking about when we went to lawrence the photographer's house and um, i was really impressed by basically the bare minimum the fact that he had a plant and he had a diffuser an electric diffuser it's one of those things that you you put water in and you put like essential oils and you plug it in and it's like steam and it's like Oh, a bit of ambience, a bit of sexy, a bit of vibe, you know. Lawrence had one and obviously I was really excited by that. So I have a I don't I don't really know what to call it. A acquaintance? Someone's in your DMs, basically. 
that's what the deal is here. Like, yeah, somebody is in your DMs, and they just like drop the line that they have a diffuser because they've heard the podcast and they hear that I'm interested. So yeah, they wanted me to know that they had a diffuser. And did your pads get wet? Like when they said, "Ah, oh, got a diffuser." I was impressed that they had listened to the podcast and put the knowledge together, and then. The effort, I appreciated that. Okay. I was like, send me a pic. I was like, you know what, fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to feed into this, you know, I'm going to see where, where this diffuser chat is going. And it wasn't an electric diffuser. It was just like the wooden, you know, the wooden in the. Oh, so it wasn't like Lawrence's. It wasn't like. It wasn't. It wasn't Lawrence's like... on like next levels, isn't it? Yeah. So the levels of wetness were a bit on the dry side. Yeah, I dried up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So where are you at now? Is this, is this person your new ting? No, shut up. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. God. Shut up, man. Are you buying Christmas presents for each other or... No. you thinking of getting them an electric diffuser to up their game, to level up? Can I just say, this person seems very nice and kind, but I'm not in the uh, mindset, thank you. What makes you think that they're nice and kind? Shut up, man. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to recognise that in a person, so I was just seeing if, you know, you could help me out. Nice and kind? Yeah. Um, well, they fucking message back. First of all, Raj. Oh, I'm just getting some shade here. It's all right. It's all right. I'm just getting some shade thrown at me because apparently I'm the CEO. I'm not getting a message back. You are? I'm not. I get message back. They're just late. <laughs> You're getting breadcrumbs still. Come on. I don't know. Why is everyone saying that I'm a pigeon? This is no feel. Thank you, next. So this is our Christmas special. So we decided to watch a Christmas movie. And no, before anyone thinks it's Love Actually, it's not Love Actually because Love Actually is the shittest Christmas movie out there. Please stop showing it on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas week. It's hella problematic. It just needs to go. I've actually never watched it, so I have absolutely no opinion on it. So stop being out of order and uh, someone out there defend Love Actually. Actually, no, don't. It might be shit. If you're a fan of Love Actually, don't at us, bro. We're talking about the holiday today. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix until the end of the month. So make sure you come back to this episode after you've watched it because there's going to be loads of spoilers ahead. We're going to be saying thank you next to three things that happened to the characters in the movie. And you know what? I think we might have just spoiled this film for ourselves a little bit because I noticed things that I definitely didn't notice when I've been watching this film in my Christmassy moods previously because, you know, I was watching it with a thank you next head on. So there's loads of things that I picked up on that I was just like, shit, what is this writer trying to say about men right now? Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. Someone asked me who my favourite character is and I ain't going to lie. None of them, man. They're all jarring. They're all so irritating. Raw. so you don't like Arthur? Which one's Arthur? Jude Law. The old man. I don't trust him. Anyone who's that nice has got... So you didn't have a favourite character at all? No, I thought they were all lame. What about Jude Law's kids? You didn't like them? Especially not them. Not even that tiny little cute girl. She's so freaking cute. I always watch that film and I'm like, she's the cutest kid. I feel sick at what you're saying right now. She is so cute. They see Cameron Diaz and they're like, you look like my Barbie. <laughs> How's that cute? That's disgusting. Because she does look like a Barbie. She's got like bright blue eyes and blonde hair like, and she's super tall and slim. She's got really piercing blue eyes, hasn't she? She is a hottie, but so has Jude Law. Like, I'm just like, wow, this is great casting. This couple is fucking attractive. They look the same though. But that's like you. You are attracted to... So everybody, hi, hi, hi. Uh... 
Hardy is in love Hardy is, with. She's in love with the Coco. No, she's in love with um people who basically look like her. And just say it. Just say who I'm in no, love I'm with. No, I'm gonna just say, say it. it. I'm getting. Listen, storytelling. There's you gotta get to A to C. You gotta get to B. I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. And take your top off then. <laughs> Fucking hell. Basically, like Hardy is in love with people who look like her. Like whenever she shows me her crushes, I'm like. Oh, okay, <laughs> but you know, this person looks a lot like you. And sometimes she's shown me men who look like her. And then some. No, 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 no. That guy did not look like me in any way. Anyway, okay, so there's a woman called Chelsea Grimes out there. If you don't know who she is, she's like a songwriter, she's a female footballer, she does lots of stuff. She's a painting. Called Madison. She ain't called Madison, she's called Chelsea Grimes. Hardy fancies her. And she's a better looking version of me. You two look exactly the same, exactly the same, which is interesting because, you know, like people always say that you're supposed to fancy someone who is the opposite of you. But there are also those people that fancy people who look like them. There's many couples out there who like start merging into the same human, like they start dressing the same and like having the same hair and like same style. But okay, but if you were to get with Chelsea, you two basically look the same, probably dress the same, very similar style, actually, like T-shirts and like very cute, right? And then your hair's also very similar. So like, is that basically like you fucking yourself? Would that, would that, how that would work? I think I'm very attractive. Are you attracted to yourself? Am I sexually attractive to myself? Uh... Do you ever do things like looking at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> 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 that means, yeah, that means, oh, Raj, how did you know? Okay, cool. All right, cool, cool, cool. Okay, first of all, I wouldn't like look at myself in the mirror and have a wang. Oh, okay, all right, cool. But I, pre- I appreciate the way I look. I've been saying this, yeah. I'm in the best shape of my life and no one is seeing it. And I'm like, fuck, someone needs to see it fast. But you fancy someone that looks like you. So like, what? what's that about? No, she's hench. Have you seen her? She's got like a six pack. So she- no, that's like the only difference. She's got a six pack. She looks exactly like you. She's got short hair. Okay, let's wear a wig one day, Hardy. Like, <laughs> you guys look the same. And I think that's really interesting because all my exes, like, they look nothing like me. Like, nothing. What? They must all like, look kind of similar. None of them look similar. Like, people don't understand my type because it's just like, so everyone is so different to everyone. It's all brown boy from Hounslow, surely. No, it's not your buddies, innit? It's not your buddies. Like, so, because I always feel like if um I get with a guy who has fair skin and dark hair, like, he's just going to look. Oh, it looks like your brother. Yeah, it? he's going to look like my brother. Thanks, but uh, next. Right, so yeah, as I was saying, all the characters are shite. So what, you didn't fancy Jude Law's character? There was loads of things I found problematic about his character. I think we get on. We need to get onto that later, otherwise we're never going to get into it. Okay, I mean, I love this movie quite a lot. Like, I watch it sometimes when I'm feeling a bit depressed. What, it makes you feel happier about life? Yeah, it makes me feel all right. It's mushy, it's cute, it's sweet. Nah. My favourite film to watch when I'm depressed is 10 Things I Hate About You. There's nothing better than that mo- Oh my God, I'm going to have to watch that with you one day. Is it on Netflix? No, you have to buy it. No, I ain't doing that. I love it though. Obviously, I always watch it every Christmas, but I did recently put a tweet out saying that I'm going to watch The Holiday once a month, but I don't know how that's going to work when it's gone off of Netflix. So we'll see how that works out. Did you appreciate the cameos? Uh, James Franco, Lindsay Lohan, the trailer in the movie and the movie. I mean, it's okay, I guess, if that's the kind of thing you like. Okay, I got really geeked out. I was like, yeah, this is... James Franco's a bit peng though. He was a bit peng. It was. I, I love how you're asking me about the quality of the film and I'm like, yeah, James Franco's all right, I guess. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, cool. So like, obviously this this film has like got a mad star cast. We've got Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, Jack Black in a romantic 
role. Like, I think this is Jack Black's like first romantic lead. I actually found it quite unnerving seeing him because he looked. What? Look, did you see the creepy way he was looking at the women that he was into? He was well creepy. What do you mean? The way he was like adoring them. He was just like so. Ugh. Oh my god! So the fact that a man is adoring a woman creeped you out? No, it was the way he does it with his face, man. Sorry, did you do PR for this film? Because you really love it. I know this film really, really well. Like, I think it's a cute film. I think it's a sweet film. And it was written and directed by a woman. Which is hilarious because there's a scene in this which made me think this is fucking directed by a man because it's so stupid. No, Love Love actually was directed by a man, but everyone fucking loves it. But it's a pile of shit. But anyway, so yeah. Oh, wow. Strong feelings. Yeah, very strong. I fucking hate that movie, man. Uh, I do agree with you. You've wrote a point here. Kate Winslet lived in an idyllic cottage and I agree with that. She did. It was very nice. So what made you feel a bit irked by the fact that when you found out that this was directed by a woman and written by a woman? So Cameron Diaz, obviously painting. She's so pink. She has gone through a breakup and she goes to England, lives in this cottage and it's Kate Winslet's cottage. They do a house swap. I don't know what website they're on where they do a house swap should we try and look for one because i'm like i think we actually should i wouldn't mind going to la living in someone's house like cameron diaz's house i'll do it if someone wants to sort me they can come here (laughs) 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 um yeah so right she's done a house swap anyway in the middle of the night this bloke comes knocks on a door who's jude law and he's like oh i'm the brother of the guy who owns this uh cottage normally my sister lets me stay here so i don't drive home drunk or whatever they've literally barely had a conversation they start like getting off of each other yeah and also it's really cringe where he like kisses her eyes cameron diaz is the opposite of like the stereotypical woman character like she's work call it blah blah she says to this bloke who she's literally just met after she just got off of him foreplay is overrated once she decides that she's gonna have sex with him right which is like after about what four minutes he asks her doesn't he he's like what are your thoughts on foreplay Yeah, yeah yeah and then she's like foreplay is overrated so this hot girl, who's obviously the opposite of all woman characters that you ever see, is like, foreplay is overrated. And then he says, you are quickly becoming one of the most interesting girls I've ever met. And when I just heard that, I was like, fuck you, mate. Fuck you. You would say that. Okay, blokes don't all think, yeah, that penetration is it. But like, it's not it, fam. It's not it. I could happily go the rest of my life without catching a dick. I'd be fine. The foreplay is the most exciting part, so... I found that irritating, the way he was like, oh, you're the best girl I've ever met so far because she said that. And then later on, she says she doesn't fall in love. And then he goes that she wins the most interesting girl award. And I was just like, this is written by a bloke, surely. Because why does he think his compliments of her are so valuable? It just really pissed me off. That's it, really. Raj is just looking at me now. (laughs) Everyone wants love. I don't care what you say. If that makes me not the most interesting girl in the world, then do one, Jude Law. I don't want to be with you anyway. You ain't that pang. Thank you. We ready. So let's start with lesson one. One taught me. Being a workaholic robs you of your real life. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Cameron Diaz's character here. Her name's Amanda. In the movie, I think we're just going to refer to her as Cameron Diaz. Yeah, what's the point? I've got no Amanda. She, <laughs> Amanda. Um, so Amanda is a workaholic. She has literally no work-life balance when we first see her in the film. She owns a company that creates trailers for movies. She's clearly very, very good at her job. She's cut 75 trailers in a year, which is a lot a lot of fucking trailers to cut because I don't know how long it would take to cut one trailer. That's that's a lot. There's a cutting room in her house. Her team 
including John Krakinski. I don't know how to say his name. Krakowski. Anyway, Emily's husband. Okay, so he's in it. Who's Emily? (sighs) Emily Blunt. Devil Wears Prada? Anyway, go on. Yeah, her team literally are in her house. She works in her house. She has an office in her house. So yeah, she sleeps with her Blackberry. I mean, you have a rule, don't you, about switching your phone off from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m.? Yeah, so Raj likes to message me at 3 a.m. No, she doesn't. I think it's really important to have those boundaries in place. So I I set like a thing on my phone. You know, you have that sleep time and screen time and all that shit. No, I have no idea, but yeah. Your phone can just like turn all the apps off at a certain time and you know that's it. No more this, that and the other. Obviously, time is the only thing we've got if we're going to get deep, yeah? Very precious, blah, blah. If you feel like you're wasting time, it's a really good way to see how you are spending your time and also to like give you a kick up the ass when you are overdoing it. When did you start putting that limit on your phone? I put the limit on my phone when I was like, you are out of control. Also, I was realizing I wasn't making the best decisions. So if I woke up and I looked at my phone at eight o'clock, your energy is like on a mad level. You're not ready to sometimes deal with what you will face on your phone. So for example, one time I got like an email like telling me off and another time I might have someone asking me for something and I'm not ready to process that information because I've just automatically woke up, looked at my phone and it's there available. The notifications are popping. I've responded to things not in the right headspace. So I think that had happened one too many times. And during lockdown, I was like, that's it. Like you have to take control now. So yeah, that's what I did. Has it changed your life? I notice such a difference of when it's on and when it's off. When it's off, I'm always rushing, rushing, rushing. I'm in a, I'm not prioritizing like my self-care and stuff like that. So when I have it off, it's so much better, man. Like I get up, I meditate, I do like a bit of gratitude, I exercise, do yoga. But when it's on, I'll get up and I'll just like, I don't know, get sucked into something that I actually don't. I don't need to be getting sucked into right now. Okay, cool. So going back to Cameron Diaz, her guy that she's living with, he basically says that, I can't even remember the last time we had sex. She turns around and says, well, who has sex anyway? No one has sex. Not us. And it's like, yeah, we don't have sex because we're not in relationships. We ain't with nobody. We're in lockdown. But if there was someone there. If there was someone there, listen, sex would be happening. Like, I mean, what's the point if we ain't like... Every every minute of the day or... Whenever whenever I could get it, I'll be getting it. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Any minute, any hour. Anytime you could get it, you could get it, you can get it, you can get it. Wait, 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 what's that song? No, just, no, just, no, just, no, just, no, just what you want. Poetic justice. Write it in a song. All right. Put it. Put it in a song, whatever. I just always freestyle. But um, yeah. yeah, no, like Cameron Diaz's state of mind, you can tell from that one comment is not in the right place. Why are you saying to your boyfriend, living boyfriend, that nobody has sex? No one says that. No one thinks like that unless there's something really, really wrong in your relationship or... Maybe she didn't want to have sex with him. Nah, man. Like, she, so you, as a woman, do you not have needs? Like, should you not be getting those needs fulfilled? Like, it's just... So anyway, like, her whole work-life balancing, her life is literally she sleeps with her phone on, she's, she sleeps with her Blackberry. Okay, that's implying she's on BBM. She's chatting at night, da 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 whatever. She's cutting up 75 trailers. You can't be doing that unless you're interrupting your sleep. You're, you're literally, your life is your work, yeah? That's it. There's a cutting room in her house. There's so much shit going on like that. When she goes downstairs to see her team and she says I need to have a break they're like are you sure because you say this is the busiest time of year like it's Christmas she literally doesn't she clearly doesn't have a Christmas it even gets worse like when she decides to leave she's haunted by movie trailers movie trailers are like 
telling her like what's going on in her life. It's clear that her job has completely taken over her life. Okay, in this case, it's not like celebrated, but I think a lot of the time in like society, in the way we live, being a workaholic is always celebrated. Oh, I don't take a holiday. Oh, I don't, you know, that's always seen as like, oh, oh, you know, working longer than you need to. Oh, well done, mate. Yeah, one of my exes used to always do overtime. He used to act like it was an achievement. I'm just like, that just means you're not getting your work done in the eight hours that it was allocated to you. So you're actually not that fucking great at your job. Has your work-life balance ever been like off? Yeah, totally. Like I think when I first started at the BBC, like my work-life balance was so off because I wanted to make an impact on everyone. And I was a freelancer. And I think at that stage, because I was new to freelancing, I was like, I need to be on a contract. I need to prove myself to these people so I get put on a contract, blah, 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 blah. So I would stay super, super late doing everything I don't know if you know this, I'm not a good delegator. If you don't force yourself to pick up work from me, like if you don't force that situation to happen, I will not be like, hey, Hardy, why don't you do this? And then I'll do this and split it evenly. I'll take it all on. And I'm like that. I'm just, I'm terrible at delegating. I'm fucking shit at it. So I would take on other people's responsibilities and I would happily do it. And I was so happy doing it. But I remember like, I used to be at my friend's birthday parties and things like that. And I would just fall asleep in a corner because I was exhausted. And that was my life. That reminds me of this time we went to a Christmas party and this dude got his laptop out and I was like, what? Nah, there's, there's, so, there's so many things. I was just like, oh, why are you doing that? I remember another time, like I started a business with someone and we were doing like social media for brands and artists and all sorts of stuff. And oh my God, because we used to run the business ourselves, like we thought that we had to be on all the time. And I remember like literally midnight, I used to get messages from labels, the the artist management, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yo, this is intense. Like I cannot. And it's like, cause they're messaging you on WhatsApp and that's just how everyone works. Because my red receipts are on. Once I've read that message, that's it, I've got a reply. So I was just like, wow. Especially with the industry we work in. Everything is so instant, 24-7. You always do feel like you have to be on. So I've definitely gone down that track before. Like I remember I was saying, I think I might have said to you the other day, actually. So there was a point in time where I was just feeling really shit in myself. I never ate good food. I joined this, um, this subscription thing where you, um, meal power, do you know about it? Do you just get like good food delivered to you? Nah, so it's like, you pay like 30 quid or whatever and then every day you can pick up your food like takeaway food but like big like burgers chips proper massive meals why? like why did you do that i don't know man i just like i want you know when you eat lunch you want to be excited about it so i was like oh i was just getting these massive meals like in the middle of the day and i was getting the bus all the way to work all, and the bus all the way back and walking for two minutes max into the building out every day and i was just like work 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 all I used to do was get up go to work and then come home and go to sleep whereas now I'm like a day like that is seen as like a problem to me I would never do that again never you recognize that you didn't have a work-life balance yeah I could feel it I could feel how it was making me be like I went home one Christmas and actually just cried for like three days because I was so sad at the way my life had tipped from being something I enjoyed to work taking over but was there a reason why you threw yourself into work like that? Because I feel like sometimes when I've done that, it's because I'm keeping myself busy so I don't have to deal with like dumb situations that are there in in my life. Yeah, I think some of it was like dealing with like heartache and then the other part is wanting to prove yourself, move forward, move on. It's just not a way to live, man. And I would never do it again. But I think from what we've seen in this film, she does decide to take a holiday and she does recognise that maybe she's overworking. So yeah, she does decide to take that holiday. It does change her life. And I think that's good that she kind of like recognises 
that there's an issue. One thing I remember doing is not taking any holidays because I was freelancing. I don't know if this is like a freelancer thing, like you're just scared of taking holidays because you think another freelancer is going to come and take your place. And then all of that hard work and reputation you've built for yourself is going to go. And then you're going to have to come back and start from scratch. So I, I had this big fear of missing out. Yeah, I had mad FOMO about going on holiday and stuff. So every summer I would just be here taking on extra shifts every Christmas, extra shifts every Christmas. Like I remember there were a group of freelancers, like we just used to work Christmas day and eat mince pies in the studio and like try and get some wine in. Like it was, it was just unhealthy. It's, it's tough, isn't it? Like someone was trying to sell Christmas, working over Christmas to me and like how good the pay and stuff is. But I don't know, man. I know for me, like I just don't want to be in a office environment when I don't need to, especially on a day like that. But no, it's mad not taking your holiday and feeling like someone else is going to take your place. But that shit ain't going to happen. If you're good at what you do, it's not going to happen. And you know what? Like a couple of years ago, I started going away a lot more with one of my exes. And that was when I was like, oh my God, like I need to be taking holidays because you come back with new ideas, fresh ideas, a fresh mindset. And yeah, you're working better and you need a break. Everyone needs a break. Even freelancers out there, guys, you need a break. So I think a work-life balance is needed a hundred percent and a lot of freelancers just forget that actually they deserve a holiday yeah 100 percent. i think in the last year of me being freelance pre-covid i was taking a holiday abroad like once every two three months which i know to some people might be like mad but it's like the best reset ever you're in a good frame of mind you know good mood because you're like constantly refreshing yourself and taking that time so yeah i think definitely working too hard has taught me importance of taking holidays there is absolutely like people who are like oh i haven't taken a holiday all year like that's not a good thing i'm like oh mate just take a day off man it's not that deep and you know what's mad as well is that in lockdown when i was on twitter because obviously you're not on twitter but when i was on twitter like i would just see all this shit people would just be like yeah i'm using lockdown to do this i'm launching my business i'm doing this course i'm learning this new skill i'm doing this what are you doing with your lockdown and it was like bruv we're going for a global pandemic people are literally dying people's family members are in hospital and they don't know if they're going to come back we're lucky to be alive so i'm just like if i'm living i'm living Mm -hmm. isn't that not enough yeah have you ever been so addicted to work that you've not wanted to have sex i mean i'm sorry i would need to get my head checked no i think maybe lately now that i'm working on my own projects that i care about like any appetite for wanting sex has completely dried up like fully oh were you horny before well when someone was around probably not really now i'm a bit asexual like this is like a different topic though so i was just thinking there about a time that work has robbed me of my real life yeah <laughs> one time i was working in social media at the time and i had to deliver some like social media like flyers for someone to post and i whacked out my laptop in a changing room of a yoga center to like just quickly whack out these things and then a clock everyone was like moving away from me and i was like looking around i was like oh they obviously think like maybe i'm like filming them through webcam i don't know it was proper weird man it was weird they thought you were making a dirty movie well that's when i realized that work had maybe taken over yeah that's that's pretty wild i just remember one thing like that happened like to me is that like when i was in this role when i had finally got a contract or whatever my work-life balance was completely out of the window because of the hours of the show that i was working on etc etc and i had lost so much weight Obviously, I was looking fucking hella good and whatever, but I had lost so much weight to the point where I used to shake. I used to get shakes. My hand would be like this. Like, you, it would never, I could never hold it like that. And I had a meeting because I, I decided I wanted to leave and I had a meeting with my manager and I had no job to go to, but I was just like, I need to leave. This is unhealthy. 
and I was having a chat with my manager and I was like, hey, like, you know, look at my hand, like it's shaking. And I was like, and, and look at me, look how much weight I've lost. And his response to me was, well, everyone wants to lose weight, don't they, Raj? And I was just like... <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to tell you that this is this job is killing me. Like I'm literally becoming smaller. I'm becoming like this and my hands are shaking. Like what? But you're saying to me, but everyone wants to lose weight. But that's so fucked up. Like as someone who's a manager, yeah, they should know better. I feel now workplaces are trying to be better with like mental health and getting a balance and actually being like, no, turn your laptop off at five o'clock. I'm not sure if they've always been that way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do when it comes to that sort of stuff. And um, media organisations have got a lot of shit that they need to own up to. What are we saying thank you next to, Raj? We're saying thank you next to being a workaholic and not having a work-life balance. Next! All right, so we're going to get on to our next lesson. One top me. To listen to my body. In this film, Kate Winslet, She's saying that she is in a one-sided love affair. Her words, not mine. She's been in love with Jasper, who ain't even paying, right? He ain't even... <laughs> he is not hot. He's just not hot. Yeah, she says she's been in love with Jasper, who ain't a painting, uh, for three miserable years. Like, why would you describe it as three miserable years? Because that's how he makes her feel, fam. Being in love should be, like, something enjoyable, no? Yeah, yeah. A mix of emotions, but not... Uh, like obviously mostly good hopefully she describes loads of different types of love but she says that she's going through the cruelest kind of love which is unrequited love which she says she is an expert <sighs> the other thing that she says when she's going to see him or whatever sorry she's in an office and she sees him walking past and her voiceover comes on and she says my heart was pounding my throat was thickening i absolutely couldn't swallow so this is clearly describing what a lot of people seem to, I don't know why, they romanticise this feeling of like, okay, your heart's beating faster. Like, oh my God, he makes my heart beat faster. Oh my God, I can't speak when I'm in front of him. Blah, 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 blah. That is your body telling you, no motherfucker, don't go there. Like this person is not right for you. This person is going to unhinge you, literally. It goes against everything we've been taught. Like we've been taught like love is like butterflies, and you should be like excited and da 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 da. What she's describing, heart pounding, throat thickening, can't swallow. To me, those are like the symptoms I get when I'm feeling anxious and when I've got really bad anxiety. And I've had it before when I'm like around someone that I'm interested in romantically and I literally, yeah, I can't eat, can't sleep, and I can't shit. Does that happen with every person that you like or only people that turn out to be dickheads? Yeah, that only happens with people that. I don't feel safe with. So I vividly remember being in someone's house at like nighttime and feeling stuck. I couldn't sleep. I was like, where do I go? What do I do? I had to go sit in the living room for a bit and like clear my brain, but I didn't leave. I should have left. And there's been other times where I just can't shit, man. It's just, not, it's not working properly. Like your normal digestive area, you know, the eating, the way it normally functions, it's all good, good health. It just goes out of the freaking window. It's happened to me bare times. But I take that now. It's what you said, Raj. You goes, my body has sirens in it. You said that. It's like, it's one of them. But Kate, Kate ain't recognising those signs. She ain't listening to her body. The only thing I've got to say is like, literally, I can shit anywhere. Anywhere? I can shit anywhere. Like in a If I brought you here now for the first time in your life, you just shit. I would shit and I would literally go up to like your flatmate and be like, I'm taking a shit, all right? Like if you want to put music on, put music on. How do you have that? How do you not care? 
at all I don't know like for some reason whenever I've been with someone like I'll always be like okay yeah I'm going for a number two or I'm going for a poo or I'm going for a shit or I'm doing a teddy or whatever so teddy in Punjabi is shit everybody like I said we will teach you the couple of you know good words that you need to know yeah the words you need to know basically <laughs> and even when I was with my ex like I used to I don't think I can't remember if I pooed with the door open I definitely peed with the door open it took me three years to be able to poo in my ex's house <gasps> Three years, fam. I did want to say, though, on the flip side of all of this, when you are comfortable with someone and you're not feeling like a... You know what it is? It's like not knowing where you stand, anxiety of what I meant earlier, not being able to like sleep and eat and shit and blah, blah, blah. That's what gives me anxiety. So when you are actually comfortable with someone and you know where you stand and there's like, you know, you trust each other and blah, blah, blah. It's so nice, like, being able to just like sleep peacefully next to somebody or like shit with them in the house or any whatever or eat and it's just all working all good that's also nice to have you know not the sirens going off constantly but just the peace peace is really important I think peace is why I had to come back home after my last relationship and just be like I deserve peace I don't want this up and down anxiety, toxic shit anymore. I just want peace. And that was the one thing that was lacking in my life. Like, yeah, I could go to sleep and stuff next to him. But it was like I was training myself to go to sleep by myself and not worry about him. So I was in a completely different state of mind. Whereas like now it's like I go to sleep in my bed and I'm happy and I'm just like. Isn't it mad that when you get like sucked into like not drama, but like. It is drama. Yeah, sucked into like these mad situations slowly slowly it becomes normal and it's scary peace is important and i think that's that's the most that's the next thing i want in my next relationship i manifest peace man like peace with myself peace with them just peace that was beautiful raj that was raj but that is that was really nice it is possible though like i've definitely had bits of that but i think um, when i have had that when i was younger maybe i wasn't really at peace with myself but but that ain't gonna be it for the next one right when Chelsea Grimes like slides into your DMs. Hey. Hey. Like, Yo, Twinny. <laughs> Someone's going to send this podcast to her. You know, someone will send this podcast. I might just send it to her. I might just actually send her this episode on her DMs from our podcast and be like, I think you should listen to this. I heard your name in this, you know. Thank you, next. Kate is wild in this film. Like, the amount of shit she does for this guy. Like, this guy's got a girlfriend and she she literally says, oh, I we send lengthy emails when she's not around and uh, we talk on the phone for hours when she's not around. She is in the, in her little cubicle, whatever, in her office doing her work. Uh, she's missed a deadline. And he comes in and he's like, I got you something. She turns around, she's like, oh my God, me too. Gives him a present, well thought out present. It's a first draft of a book or a first edition. Sorry, it's a first edition. People pay hundreds, sometimes thousands for that. It's something you would buy someone that's like really meaningful in your life. And then what does he turn around and say? He's like trying to get her to go to the car. He's like, oh, it's in my car. He's trying to get her, he's always trying to single her out, get her on her own for him without his missus there or whatever. I'm not a fan of this guy. He's a little seedy weirdo. But also, love makes you buy people mad shit, right? I know. I've spent, I spent the dollars, the dollar, dollar, the metalan dollar, dollar when I didn't have the dollar. I bought someone some custom Air Force Ones, man. And How much were they? Like, How much are custom Air Force Ones? Like 100, 150 when I was like 18. Like, come on, man. Okay, that's a lot of money when you're 18, yeah. And an electric toothbrush, which at the time was over £100 too. Why the fuck was an 18-year-old buying people 
electric toothbrushes. I really care about good oral hygiene. They needed to level level up on their toothbrush game at the time. Man, and I can't remember what I got gifted, but it weren't it weren't onto that level, man. Love makes you do dumb shit. Going back to what she said, she was like, it's the cruelest kind of love, unrequited love, yeah? I don't really... Can unrequited love ever just be chill? Surely it can. Surely yeah, surely you can just fancy someone, fancy the pants off of them, envision your future with them. Yeah, but if you're not doing anything about it, if you're sitting like you are, yeah, with that you little person you told me you're fancy, you got a little fancy fence, fancying them. I don't fancy anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course you don't. No, but that's fine because you're staying quiet about it. But I have an example actually where someone who I was friends with, I was really close with, I told them loads of stuff about me. They saw me at my worst. They saw, honestly saw me at my worst. I told them shit I would never tell anybody. And I saw that person like a brother and they turned around and they were like, I thought this was a thing. And I was like, no. And then I was like, how deluded is that person that they thought this entire time this was a thing? I also felt like a bit like um, violated, like, and I was like, this is mad. This person's been walking around all day with me in their head, like thinking this is a thing, blah, blah, blah. How mad is that? And then that same situation happened to me. The exact same situation where I'm thinking about someone 24 seven and they don't even think about me. So, so then? That's my story. It's just, it's just sad, man. Sad. Oh, you feel sad about it? Oh no, I don't feel sad now. I'm fine. There's there's a difference between unrequited love and then killing yourself in unrequited love. And I feel like Kate Winslet was killing herself in the unrequited love. Like you can like someone and be in love with them or whatever, and they might not be in love with you, but you don't have to fully kill yourself and be like, yes, yes, Jasper, I'll do your laundry, Jasper. Oh yes, Jasper, I'll read your book, Jasper. Jasper. She actually speaks like that as well. And, you know, she's like, oh, Jasper, here's your. Here's this first edition book that, you know. Have you had any times when your body's like, Raj, get out of here? Yes. And it's been crazy because it's been like my body, I started ballooning, like ballooning like a a whale. And I didn't know what the fuck it was. And I had no idea what it was, but it was my body like reacting to the stress that I was in, in the relationship. Mm. And I can't tell you how big I got. Like, I'm still trying to, like, lose some of it because it's, like, still there. But it's just, it was crazy. Like, the way I looked was mad. It's like I couldn't even recognise myself in the mirror. And I couldn't pinpoint what it was because what I was eating wasn't that bad. I was still training with a trainer three times a week. I was just like, what's going on? Like, this is bizarre. But, and like, everyone that would see me, if they hadn't seen me for a few months and then they saw me three months later, they'd be like, are you all right? Like, what happened to you? Oh, my God. And I'd be like... Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Because I was still in denial of the whole situation. I didn't know. But it's like when your body goes through drastic changes or your body is like doing things. So if you if your heart is beating super, whatever, if your throat is closing up, if you are putting on or losing weight in different ways, like even me before when I was talking about leaving that job and I was losing weight, my body was telling me you can't do this. You can't function. You can't carry on functioning like this. So, yeah, your body tells you in strange ways. Everyone always says that, you know, disease is called dis-ease so when you're at dis-ease with something like that's how disease is born so like your body will try to tell you and be like hey man like you gotta stop fucking doing this or some bad shit's gonna happen and yeah if you keep carrying on that's that's how you get ill and stuff but you don't learn to listen to your body because like for a while i think once you realize or put the two and two together i think that takes like certain level of uh knowing yourself and maturity to know, oh yeah, when I feel this way, ah, it's not good. Maybe I should take a step back. And your gut, like listening to your gut, like that's such a, that's a skill, man. You've got to be in tune with yourself. All that stuff that you do, you know, when you switch your phone off and then you're meditating and stuff like that, you've got to do that stuff to actually be in touch with your gut. There's been people when I first met them, yeah, and my gut has been like 
stay away. And then I fucking ran towards it, didn't I? Naughty, naughty. Uh-oh. You know, Jasper, is he a little bit of a narcissist? It's all about himself, isn't he? And then he's like, I need you. You're the only one that can help me. He's manipulating her by saying that. You're the only one who can really help me, yeah. And that he remembers minute details like, oh, I remember that red bikini. She gets overwhelmed by that when he's like, I remember those details. The details that he remembers are all sex related. He doesn't remember, oh, uh, what your favourite food is. It's anything that anything that's sex related because that's all he sees her for. So basically the next person that comes into our lives that like makes us makes our heart beat faster what's gonna happen well it could be it could be like heart beating faster not in a mad way though you know in like a nice way no i get it like when you're about to kiss someone or maybe when you're kissing someone like i don't remember what that's like that's also what i wanted to say to you at the start this starts off with two people like passionately kissing i wrote in my notes i don't remember what this feels like Hmm. been a while i mean it's been a a while but like i mean yeah i still remember like i guess i don't remember fam fam i don't i don't even know how to do it anymore it's an instinct thing, isn't it? I forgot. I forgot. It's an instinct. But it's like that thing when Jude Law and Cameron Diaz have their first kiss. She's like, can you try that again? She'd already had it like a day before. What's his face? Okay, no, she hadn't. Because she's a workaholic. She ain't got time for that. She ain't got time for that. They don't have sex. They weren't doing nothing. They weren't doing Also, nothing. how did she go from not having sex to getting on with that dude after 24 hours later? But she literally said to him, she was like, I'm not very good at this. Like, I've been told I'm not very good at this. Cameron Diaz is me in a setting like that. I don't say I'm not good at this. I just talk so much. I'm just like, uh, uh, your face looks funny. Ha ha. Oh. I make it really awkward. Oh, you make the sex weird. Shit. I'm all about it. I'm just there like. No, I'm I'm, I'm really awkward. I'm like, uh, why well, you got a picture of your mom over there? Do you like your mom? <laughs> <laughs> You're a great shag, isn't it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would say that. <laughs> Anyway, so... Actually, yeah. maybe. Oh, okay. All right. All right. No, no, no. All right. So we're saying thank you next to not listening to your body. Yeah. And being attracted to people who literally make you unable to breathe. Like you should be able to breathe. Thank you. Next. Right. So we're going on to lesson number three. So one taught me. You are the leading lady of your life. Fuck Yeah. So I really love old people in movies. I don't know if you've seen The Intern. I don't. Okay, fine. Have you seen The Intern? I've seen Harry Potter and my favourite okay, old never person mind. is obviously Professor McGonagall. Hagrid. No, he's not. He's not that old. <laughs> Hagrid's old. He's older than Harry. He's still sexy though, isn't he? He's hairy. Oh, he's so fit. Yeah, the wizard now, Harry. What was that? That was my impression. That sounded a bit Scottish. He is Scottish, no? You're a wizard now, Harry. No, yeah, he says you're a wizard now, Harry. No, I don't know. He's not. No, he's not Scottish. Arthur is this old man in the movie. He's. I don't trust him. Uh, do you have something with old people? Is there some sort of a thing here going on? You just don't trust old people. <laughs> what is it? I don't trust anybody, especially old people. Anyway, so he was on his way home, and Iris meets him in a cute little meet cute sort of situation. They go out for dinner that night, and he asks her, and he's like, "Why are you out with a very old man?" for dinner on Saturday night and why have you left your whole life behind to be here and then she kind of touches on the whole Jasper situation he's like that guy he's a schmuck I'm guessing that was the most PC rude word they could use because like I wouldn't say schmuck shed I'd call him a shithead and that's the first time where she's like yeah he is a schmuck (laughs) but it's like yo 
It took this old man to teach you that. What's going on? Sometimes you do need someone's outside perspective, though. You know, when you say things out loud, you're like, this person did this, and then the other person can see it from the outside, but you're too dumb to see it because you're on the inside. And then the best bit, this is the best bit. This is like one of my favorite takeaways from this movie where Arthur's just saying to her, because he works in the movies, so he's saying to her, you know what, in the films, there's always a leading lady and her best friend. And for some reason, even though I see you as the leading lady, you're acting like the best friend. So she's self-sabotaging herself. She's not even being the leading lady of her own life. Isn't it mad how we do that and make somebody else the leading lady? Why do we do that? Why do we allow somebody else to take the spotlight? You're not the powerful person in your own life. Like if that person says jump, you're going to jump. If that person says come in my car and wipe me off, you're going to do it. You know what though? Being the leading lady, like you have to take ownership and you have to like take responsibility. Whereas like being the best friend, you don't have any responsibility and you can just like fade into the background. Yeah, your job is just to be like, yes, sir, or hee 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 or, you know, it is literally a side role for a side chick. You know what I mean? She's done that to herself and then she has this massive realisation. Mm. She's like, mm. I should be the leading lady of my own life, which is my, literally my favourite moment of the film. But it's just like, okay, like, yeah, that, that's a great... When did she say that? This is all from one conversation. So she says it in that one conversation and then she's... Then there's a very interesting line... She says she's been having therapy for three years, but no one has ever explained anything like that to her. If you're having therapy for three years and you're not seeing benefits, you need to start looking into other therapists. And I think people do this thing, yeah, where they think I'm getting therapy and here's a therapist and I'm going to make it work with this therapist. With therapists, you need to shop around. If you're not seeing changes with that one therapist, like I would never see the same therapist for three years and then I'm going to have the same problems or whatever. And then I'm going to meet an old man in LA who's going to just change my life. Like what? So I've paid how much? And like therapy sessions are not cheap. They're fucking expensive unless you're getting them on the NHS. But if you're getting them on the NHS, they're limited. Mm. So you're not going to be seeing the same person for three years. And she's British in this film. So she was she was not doing it on the NHS. Mm. This shit is crazy. So I just think, yeah, like if you are seeing a therapist for three years and you're not seeing any difference, like, oh my God, alarm bells should be ringing. You know, because you do taster sessions with a therapist, like you're, they're supposed to give you a 30 minute free call so you can vibe with each other. You'd be like, is this person right for me? Like Three years is a long time to be wasting your time on a crap therapist. And yeah, you definitely do need to shop around. I feel like I've been lucky in that respect and I've had good people and bad people. But also, it's also the way you take it. Like, are you ready for it? Like she clearly, she might have not even been in the headspace for it like to take in the information you know you might have been present you might have been you might have turned up but were you actually taking in the information i feel like when she goes to la she was in the right space to listen she finally took a jump and she finally actually kind of wanted to move on but the only reason she did that is because she found out that jasper got engaged and he didn't tell her but he was still flirting with her and talking to her about a red fucking bikini the little tramp kate winslet's crying in this film was the best it was just like <laughs> I actually fully relate so I was thinking actually while I went to the toilet earlier I was saying I don't like any of these characters I don't think any of them are relatable I actually do relate to Kate Winslet as the wounded woman because Fuck. I remember someone said to me you need to stop going around like a wounded woman and I was like oh shit is that what I come across as and yeah all that crying and da 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 I fully actually I do relate to that but we we were chatting about this as well not what did you say making yourself smaller for other people I kind of said to you I hadn't done that but I think I actually have every woman's done it okay so I make content 
that's one of the main things I do. But instead of making content for like the public or for like, I don't know, for myself or to like build a profile, I'll just like make little bit of content and send it to one person. And I've done, I did do that for a bit. Like it's like channeling my banter and energy into the human instead of channeling it into my work. So yes, I've definitely done that and made myself smaller in that way. Also, when I meet people, I don't tell them what I do. Not because like I'm ashamed of what I do, but I enjoy what I do and I'm proud of what I do. I wouldn't want anyone else to feel insecure about what they do. So sometimes I'll just like maybe like talk down what I do or just be like really vague and on purpose, like change conversation. Mm, so where this conversation comes from is uh, we were having a conversation about Cameron Diaz's first date with Jude Law. Basically what happens in the movie, they sleep together and he says, let's go into town, let's go and have lunch and go on a date. And then they go on a date and the whole point of this day is to, yeah, get to know each other. So she asks him, what do you do? He tells her he is a editor, a book editor, right? That he's, his mum was a writer and his dad was some sort of thing at Penguin House or something along those lines, yeah? So everyone's got impressive careers, I guess. And his mum sounds like a career woman. Great, okay. And it's then that Cameron Diaz is like, yeah, I own my trailer company or whatever, the company that makes trailers and blah, 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 blah. And that's when she has that moment where she says, I'm a boss bitch, this is what I do. And she follows that up by saying, I feel comfortable saying that to you now because you've just told me that you come from this very professional, high-flying family. So if he didn't say that, what, were you going to sit there and just be like, yeah, I just do this, hee <laughs> For example, with other Asians, I feel like, other Asian men and their family when I have talked about what I do they don't take it very seriously they think it's a joke it's wild because I remember when I was at uni so I did media no I didn't do media what am I even saying I did English lit combined with film and tv studies so you hear that and like I don't know how you feel about it but like I remember going to my master's house and like he had like my master's house was one of those places where like everyone used to chill so they're master means uncle by the way. Oh, it means uncle. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And there would be like loads of people at his house. His house was like a party house. So like every Friday night or Saturday night on the weekends, there'd always be loads of people there. So I'd always be chilling with people, whatever, chatting to them. And then they'd be like, what do you do at uni then? And I'd be like, I do this. And then I remember people literally saying to me, that's a DOS degree, isn't it? I was like, I'm doing English fucking literature, mate. I am reading like Dickens and all of this shit. Emily Bronte, like what the fuck shit you don't even know about. But anyway, that's fine. That's absolutely cool. I was like, yeah, it is a DOS degree, isn't it? What does your son do? Oh, he's going to be a dentist. What is wrong with people? Seriously. But my point of this conversation and what I meant about this was she feels that she can only be honest about her very successful career to a man that she's just started seeing and she fancies she clearly fancies him she wants to be with him she's put off going back to america to be with him after she finds out that he's he's clearly comfortable with a career woman or whatever because of what his mum and dad do have you ever made yourself smaller or come across as less than what you actually are because of a man in front of a man for the sake of not making him feel demasculated or emasculated god knows what that word is i think i have definitely on purpose not mention like some of the big brands and stuff I've worked for but a lot of the time I like to keep that to myself as well because they're my achievements and sometimes I feel like this is obviously not true but sometimes when you share things with the world it get it feels like it gets taken from you a little bit so um uh maybe yes and no what about you Mm, I'm usually quite upfront about what I do or whatever, but I do feel like I say things sheepishly. Like I'll be like, yeah, I make podcasts and 
I host one. But do you see my body language right now? I'm just like this. Um, I ain't on like LinkedIn, uh, CEO of my own. Like, I'm not one of them dickheads. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but what about when it comes to a guy? Like when it comes to a guy, like, are you just kind of like, I don't know. Do you feel like you need to make yourself out to be smaller? I'm going to maybe say yes, because with Diffuser Person, I didn't tell them where I worked. Did Diffuser Person ask? Diffuser Person asked where I worked almost immediately. And I didn't want to tell them because people who are privileged have a lot of choice of what they can do with their lives. And I'm one of those people. So, yeah, and a, a, a lot of people are who I'm talking to. You've said this to me before. When you've been in relationships and stuff, you don't focus on yourself as much. Oh man, my fucking whole shit goes out the window. That's what this also goes back to is like, you're making yourself smaller. So in that way, you're actually making yourself smaller. So that person takes up more space. Cameron Diaz doesn't do that though, does she? Her relate her work takes up her whole life. Cameron Diaz is an interesting one because in this movie, we see her in the beginning and it's all work, 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 work. And then she goes on this holiday and it's all Jude Law, Jude Law, Jude Law, Jude Law, Jude Law. And the last time we see them is, I'm assuming, New Year's Eve. Yeah. And they're all together and, you know, they're playing happy families. There's no single role models there. I'm not happy about that. And there's no middle ground. It's mm -hmm. either you are full on workaholic and then you're full on Jude Law. Or Kate Winslet, you're crying. Or you're happy on New Year's with... Uh... You're snogging Jack Black. Yeah. Ugh. He's winking at you. He's got a drink in his hand and you're like, mm. ooh, uh, missus. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, I get it. I get it. People like funny guys. Like, I get it. No, I like funny guys. I'm not cussing. Anyone. I like funny I'm just, guys. I'm cussing the way he looks at like women in that film. He looks at them like they're like shiny object. Oh, yes. Can I have a taste of that, please? Like how you look at Chelsea Grimes. Anyway. Hmm. Anyway. How I look at Charles Mountain climbing a rock. A big strong rock. Ah, give it to me. Has there ever been a time where you've acted like the best friend and not the leading lady of your life? There was once someone I was interested in and I was like, tried to point them to my friend instead, but I was, I wanted them really. I've done stuff like that. What is that? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I've my mate, yeah. And then you're like, well, how me though? <laughs> what is that about? No, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's like a little that's test, isn't it? I'm like testing you. Like, mm. Mm. I ain't doing that anymore, though. I'm grown now. I'm grown. I ain't doing that shit. Yeah, I definitely, I would not do any of that stuff now. And I fully accept my role as leading lady of my life. The other thing that I liked about this is Arthur, he's like an old school movie guy. He used to be hot in the 1970s. He knows, you fancy him? He knows Cary Grant and he knows that do Cary... you fancy him? No. And he knows that I really like, I really like old people in general. Like, and I like sitting with them. Would you... Go there. What's wrong with you? I just like sitting with them and hearing about their lives and they have like a lot more experience than us. They have a lot Would more to say. They, they came from Arthur. a different time to us. So if you give you a little smooch, a little. Honey, that's disgusting. I don't know what kind of fetish porn you're into, but we don't need to talk about it right now. Old people porn is what I'm into. <laughs> so uh, and he's he's like talking to her and he's, he, he gives her movies to watch as homework. And he's like, I'm giving you all these DVDs, whatever, whatever. And she's like, oh, they're all these old movies. And he's given her films with female leads that have gumption. Is that the word he uses? He literally uses the word gumption. I have to look it up because I don't know what it means, but I sort of understand what it means, but I don't fully know what it means. So gumption means... I feel like I feel like it means ball bags, but also ball bags. I said ball bags, but I also mean I know how the term when people say get some balls is also like yeah, our uteruses and stuff are really strong too. So get a uterus or whatever. It says shrewd or spirited initiative and resourcefulness. Spirited. I think spirited is the one in it, like got some spirit. Are you saying then you like this film 
because it's educational about films with other female leads. No, well, I, no, no. I'm just, I think it's interesting that he's given her literally homework. He's trying to brainwash her, but he's doing it in a very sly way by being like, here are all these films with all these freaking strong female characters who make their own decisions and make their own lives. And maybe it's going to sink into your brain now because you're still seeing yourself as deciding. I guess he is a good lad for this, you know. He's picking her up when she's down. He's reprogramming her brain. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Because one guy's treated her like a side chick and he's telling her that he's she's actually something else. He's like, you a main chick, why are you doing this? Like, you know. Mm. And you ever been a side chick? Have you ever actually been a side chick? No, I wouldn't ever settle for that shit. Like, it's not, it's not me. Like, it's not, it doesn't, I couldn't, no, never. I've definitely felt like one, but I don't know if I've ever actually been one. I've just been the person that if I fancy that person, they don't fancy me back. I just stay quiet about it and I move on. But I fancy them from afar and I fancy them forever until, I don't know, something else happens and I fancy someone else. I'll just wait till I know they fully are into me to make How do you know when someone's fully into you? I don't know. I just... I, re- I have to get I have to get like I have to get it confirmed but now I'm old, I'm old I'm grown now how do you get it confirmed it was very easy to get these things confirmed when we were in high school because I'd be like yo can you chat to them and then you do that and then you, let's find out and then tell me what he says but I, don't, I can't do that now like how do you get it confirmed I don't know I think I was a lot braver in just saying whatever like stupid stuff though when I was younger whereas now not so much so what are you saying thank you next to you I'm saying thank you next to no longer being the best friend in the movie of my life, being the leading lady of my life. But I have always been, I have been the leading lady of my life, but I'm saying this to everyone. It's a lesson for everyone. Don't, don't settle for being the best friend. You are the main character. You are the lead character in your life. Thank you. Next. Thanks for listening to the Christmas special. Thank you. Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who you think will enjoy it. Maybe a side chick who needs to realise that they are the main character or maybe a workaholic who needs to take a break and put their laptop down. Or maybe you want to send it to someone who really loves the holiday and ruin the movie for them. Yay! If you liked what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe on Spotify, Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to give us a review. Remember, remember, there's a prize for the person who writes the best review however the prize has changed starting now to what the prize has changed from a dance from me to a bag of my hair are you gonna cut your hair off maybe the best review gets a bag of my hair or a dance no the bag of hair we're gonna be back next week with more shit we want to say thank you next to if you're a fan of black girls living we got black girls living on the next episode let us know what you want to say thank you next to. You can email us, get on the old email, typey typey, or leave us a voice note because we'd actually like to hear your voices if we get bored of ours. Hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can DM us on socials. We are thank you next pod on Insta, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to see what our faces look like, you should go there. And I'm still waiting to hear revenge stories. So if anyone has got revenge on their ex, holla us, tell us the story. Like, come on. Thank you for listening. Have a great Christmas. Drink some mulled wine. Bear roast potatoes and bear Yorkshire puddings and so much gravy. Mmm, mm, I love gravy. Gravy is like one of my favourite things. Gravy, I feel, is a very sexual sort of Christmas thing. 
I also wanted to say as well that Christmas is a time for giving, so uh, make sure you're giving. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Are you trying to make people give oral sex to people? What are you trying to say? Oral sex? That's what, whenever someone says Christmas is a time for giving, that's immediately where my mind goes. Like, oh, you want... No, that, you're the only person on this world that where, that's where their mind goes. I don't think I am, but yeah. I was just taking the piss when I said Christmas is a time for giving. Do what you want, man. Who am I? Christmas is a time for peace. If you think about anything in your life that isn't giving you peace, like, just think how you're going to rectify that next year. That's it. You need to cut it. Cut it. That's what I say to anyone. You know, anyone who's chatting to people who they shouldn't be chatting to. Instead of engaging in the conversation, I'm just like... I, why, why is Hardeep looking at me with side-eye when she said that? Bruv, like, why is she looking at me with side-eye? Who are you giving side-eye to? I'm pretty sure I played this song to you, actually, didn't I? Got it? I don't know, man. Got it? I don't know. All right, I guess um, we're going to just go. And, yeah, we'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for... Uh, yeah.